0: Come on, let us bless the Lord in this house today. Come on, you can do better than that. Bless the Lord in this place. Come on, the more you're going through, the more you should be blessing him. Come on, somebody bless him, bless him, bless him. Come on, bless him, bless him, bless him. Bless him. Bless him. him. Come on, let the devil know you're not stealing my praise. Amen. Somebody let the devil know he's going to have to come harder than that. Come on, he's going to have to try harder than that. Amen. He's going to have to try harder. 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 Come on, come on. God inhabits your praise. Come on, has he done anything for you on this week? Hallelujah. Come on, shake that devil off of you. Put him under your feet. Come on, put him where he belongs, under your feet. Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on all the power of the enemy. He said, And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Do you believe the words of the Lord Jesus? That nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. I believe that today. Amen. Amen. So before we get into the word, amen, I just want to share a little exhortation with you. Amen. Amen. You know, I was looking at that. Y'all can stand with me before we pray. Then we're going to get into the message because y'all know we on our last um, part three of our relationship series. And the Lord let me know this one might be a little painful for some of us because the title is relationship repair. Amen. How many of you know the Lord knew that relationships would have to be repaired? And how many of you know that's not always an easy thing to do when you have to go back and start mending and fixing damaged relationships. Amen. But the Lord is going to show us how to do it. Amen. But before I go to that, let me just get to this. Amen. How many of you ready for the word today? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Matthew 13 23 to 27 and this is not in my message God just gave me this this morning amen because He somebody needed some encouragement today amen how many of you know sometimes along the way you might just need a word of encouragement to keep you going how many of you know everybody sometimes need a little pick me up amen just to keep on battling hallelujah so look what he said in Matthew 13, 23 to 27. It says, Matthew 14, I'm sorry. Hallelujah. All right, Matthew 14. It says, When he, uh, 15, and it, when it was evening, his disciples came to him. Hold on, that's not it. I'm in 23, I'm sorry. Verse 23. Then when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Somebody know, how many of you know sometimes you just need to get alone? How many of you know sometimes you need to find your closet, your solitary place, where it's just you and the Lord, Amen. How many of you know there's things you're going to go through that no human will understand the things you feel and what you're battling? Amen. How many of you know that some things your husband can't understand, some things your wife can't understand, your best friend? There's some pains that are in your soul that nobody can understand but God. And even the Lord himself, he had to find his solitary place. And when he got in that solitary place to build himself up, the Bible say, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea and it was being tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. How many of you ever been in a storm in life and it seemed like everything was contrary to you? Amen. And the ships and the waves were beating on you and you felt like you were wobbling and tossing. Amen. Do I have any witnesses today? Am I speaking to the humans? Anybody? Amen. Amen. You might be on the mountaintop today, but just keep on living. Keep on living. And the Bible says, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. And they began to say, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Some things will make you be afraid sometimes. How many of you ever cried out in fear because you didn't know the outcome? You didn't know how things were going to turn out. Amen. And you cried, But look what the Lord wanted me to share with you today. He said, but straightway or immediately Jesus spoke to him. And he said, be of good cheer. It is I to be not afraid. And the Lord wants you to know today that no matter what you're dealing with, keep a good attitude. Keep a good attitude because in the midst of your storm and in the midst of the waves and in the midst of things seem like it's rocking you, he will come meet you where you are. And he wanted me to let you know the word said this. He has promised you that he will never leave you or will he forsake you. Amen. Somebody tell your neighbor be of good cheer. Somebody say the Lord is with you. Cheer up. Somebody says it's not as bad as it seems. It's gonna get better. Hang on in there. Somebody say, hang on in there. Don't throw in the towel. God is gonna come through for you. He will come through for you. Y'all give the Lord a hand praise. Amen. The enemy wants you to think that God won't come through for you. But God is gonna come through for you. Somebody needed to hear that today. Amen. Amen. Did anybody need to hear that today? All right. (laughs) So let us go in prayer. Amen. As we get ready for the word of God. Hallelujah. Father God in the mighty name of Jesus. Father as I stand before you today with all of my wonderful all of my wonderful brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Lord, even Peter began to say, They that call upon you out of a pure heart. And they that, oh, that sounds so beautiful, y'all. All oh, that sounds so beautiful. Let us just worship for a moment. Hallelujah, as he played on that string instrument. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, God. Sunday, God, we love you today, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, do you love the Lord today? Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, God. We love you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, where the worshipers at? Let us worship, let us worship. Hallelujah. Come on church, let us call upon him. Let us call upon him, let us call upon him. God we worship right now, God. come on come on come on come on there's a spirit of worship that hit this place amen yes God they do Thank you, Father. Come on, lift up your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Let us enjoy his presence. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, let us go deeper into the presence of the Lord. Come on, think of the woman with the issue of blood. She pressed. Come on, press through what you're dealing with. Press through with your circumstances. Press through what you're battling. Press through your afflictions, your pains, your persecutions. And touch Jesus. Press through and touch Jesus. He is in this place thank you God Father bless us with the spirit of your presence bless us with the spirit of your presence Mm -hmm. come on worship 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 Yes, thank you, God. That's it. Come on. Few moments. Few more moments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Let the worship rise. Let your worship rise. Let your worship rise. you right now, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, magnify the Lord in this place come on magnify and magnify and magnify your grace yes Come on, come on, come on, come on, worship us. Come on, come on, we're in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. Come on, you are precious people. Hallelujah, Lord, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Hallelujah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, I bind every spirit that will come to hinder the word of the Lord. Father, let your precious word, let it flow in this place. Let it flow in this place. Let it flow in this place. Let it flow flow like rivers of water. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Let the word of the Lord have free Hallelujah. Praise God as we get ready. Amen. To finish up our Amen. There's nothing like the presence of God being with you. Amen. And when you feel the presence of God come into place, all you have to do is yield to it. And everything you're dealing with, everything you're facing, the presence of the Lord can fix it. Amen. Amen. How many of you, the enemy, have been battling you all week long? Huh, you been battling anybody? Am I in the right place? Yes. Amen, but how many of you know that's his job? How many of you know he's just doing his job? And the Bible say, I remember they used to sing, say, sing a song, say the enemy's on my track, trying to turn me back, but I want that devil to know y'all gonna help me finish that part. He can't do it. Somebody say, the enemy's on my track trying to turn me back. But devil, I want you to know you can't do it. Somebody say, you can't have my family. You can't have my increase. Somebody say, this means war. How many of you feel like going to war today? Come on now it sounds like some lively stones. Amen. How many of you know is you have to battle and you have to fight for every inch of progress in the kingdom of God. How many of you know that enemy don't want to see your marriage succeed. He don't want to see your career succeed and your friendships succeed. How many of you know that it's the, the mission of his existence is to devour whatever you put your hand to. That's his job. But how many of you know the only way he can do it is if you let him do it? But as long as you got a mind and you have a will to fight, the Lord is going to fight with you. How many of you know the Lord is going to fight with you? And not only will he fight with you, he'll fight for you. Huh? Not only will he fight with you, he'll fight for you. But y'all remember when they went out to battle? Oh, I feel like preaching today. I feel like tearing the devil up. How many of you know sometimes God even told him, stand still. God said, you've been fighting long enough. He said, but in this battle right here, I don't even need you to fight. All I need you to do is give me some praise. Y'all know God sent a choir before an army one time. And the reason, that's why the devil don't want you to Praise. Because you see, what happens is, when you're going through storms and circumstances of life, you're not supposed to praise. And a lot of people praise based on their condition. When their conditions are favorable, they want to offer praise. Well, that's when the devil told God, well, of course Job is serving you and he's going to praise you. He's going to be faithful because everything going well for him. But let me touch a few things in his life and let's see if his praise is going to be for real. See, true praisers and true worshipers, they're going to praise God no matter what's going on. Praise God with the red disconnect notice on the front door. Oh, yes, right, oh, I'm talking about a true praiser. David said, I will bless the Lord only when it's going my way. Well, I got corrected. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> David said no matter what season of life I'm in he said I'm going to give God the glory that's due unto his name how many of you know that glory is due to him when something is due like when a bill due that means that's something you owe how many of you know if you alive and well and breathing all of you ate did anybody eat yesterday everybody got clothes on in here right your mind is working okay, then that means you should be giving God praise and glory. You don't have a reason or a justifiable circumstance to hold back your praise because it's due unto his name. And a lot of times what happens when you praise contrary to what you're dealing with, the enemy gets confused. Why? Because normal humans, they don't praise when things not favorable but pray, when you have praise in you do you praise him no matter what's going on around you Do I? can I get a hand clap of praise in it the bible say praise him in a hand clap <laughs> now if you can't praise God in a, what if you didn't have hands some of you sitting there and don't even want to give God some praise but the holy ghost just told me when Jesus said if you don't give him praise he said I can cause them rocks he can make that chair cry out if he want to you don't want a chair crying out for you. Jesus said, I can make a chair cry out if I want. The Bible says even the, the trees clap their hands. How you gonna let a tree that don't even have a soul clap their hands and God gotta pump you up to clap your hand? The Bible says the trees clap. Bible say the heavens declare his handiwork. I got up the other morning, y'all, and I looked out and It was about five something in the morning and the moon was just coming up or going down, but it was still dark enough to where you can see it and it formed one of them nice little crests like this and it looked, I mean, it literally looked like somebody just took a, 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 and they just sketched it just so beautiful. And all I could think about was how the heavens declare his handiwork. Any artists in here? anybody know how to draw? How many of you know God just, he just draw things, but you draw with pens and pencils. He draw with clouds and stars and constellations. You walk your dog, God walk constellations. The Bible say he took that bear, that archerist, and took him for a walk. You know how sometimes you have things on your mind and you just want to go walk and you just, who knows? The Lord just, t- say he just took him by the hand and just walked him like a man walked his dog. Oh. kind of God we serve? And we're going to let the devil cause us to get a little down because we got a little sickness. Got a little cold. <laughs> got a little sinus infection. <laughs> got a little past due bill. The money a little low. And we're going to let these things Affect how we view our God. How I many of you know we shouldn't let these earthly things dictate to us when we gonna give God the praise and the glory that's due unto his name? That's immature when you allow life circumstances to dictate how you treat God. That preacher says, say that again. That's immature. When you let life circumstances dictate how you're gonna praise your God. That's immature, but that shows you where you are at, in the believer's level. A true worshiper going to praise God anyhow. Had an old song say hallelujah. What it say? <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah anyhow in this place. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, I feel good today. Amen. Anybody else feeling good in the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. How many of you know, man, when you have the Holy Ghost, that's joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So let's go into the word. Amen. We're on the last part. Part three. It's going to be a little challenging. Amen. I already know it is. Amen. The Lord already shared with me as we start getting into this message. Amen. It makes it a little uncomfortable. But somebody say, that's okay. So today we're going to talk about relationship repair. The first message in the series, we talked about drawing near to God through sacrificing. Last week we talked about how we are designed to bond. But how many of you know relationships, sometimes they get breaches in them? How many of you know sometimes in your walk with God, you can get a breach there? In your walk with humans, you can get a breach there. And that's why I think about this. When God began to deal with me on this series, he began to say, son, that is why I put words in the Bible like forgive, repent, (laughs) reconcile, uh, mercy, pardon, acknowledge, uh, humble yourself. The reason he put those words in the scriptures is because God knew that relationships could be damaged. He knew that already. And he already had things in place for when relationships get damaged but there's already mechanisms that God has uh, provided to fix them. But this is what God shared with me. The objective of the Bible, when you repair a relationship, is to put the relationship back into the spirit it was in before it was broken. Y'all got that? If the spirit of the relationship is not restored to what it was prior to the damage, then it's not really restored. Amen? Amen? Want y'all to catch that. But when you forgive somebody, this is how you can tell. But Jesus said, when you forgive from the heart, okay? But the reason he said forgive from the heart. Is because that's where the damage is. That's where the relationship breaks. That's where the breach is. Because we were talking about drawing near to God through sacrificing and when God told Abraham, now I know, what that's saying is there's a bond that happened between that man and God, right? Okay? And then we talked about last week how charity is the bond of perfectness or how charity is what causes relationships to move to maturity. So, if... So whenever those bonds are there, just like we talked last week, how things bond, hydrogen, oxygen, bond. Now we're talking about hydrogen and oxygen. What if they break apart? Because just like you're designed to bond, you can bond, but then things can happen that can cause the bond to be severed. Amen. And what do you do in those moments when you have damaged relationships? When you have bonds that have been broken? Am I in the house, anybody ever had a bond, a damaged, a divorce? Don't you know a divorce is a broken uh, relationship? See? So let's look at this right here. Let's look at the first part of how we start to repair relationships. And I'm telling you, it is challenging. First John 1, 5 through 10. First John 1, 5 through 10. Y'all can walk with me today. All right. So the first step to repairing a relationship is acknowledgement. Y'all write that down. Acknowledgement. You have to acknowledge that you did something to cause the relationship to be damaged. That's the hardest thing for people to do is to acknowledge I cheated on you. I lied to you. I broke your trust. I hurt you. It's my fault that we are not friends anymore. The hardest thing for people to do is to acknowledge their responsibility in the reason the relationship has been damaged. And the number one thing that causes you not to acknowledge your part in the relationship being damaged is pride. <laughs> you it takes humility to admit that you are the reason that the relationship does not exist anymore. The first thing we want to do is blame the other person. And that's the first thing to do and it's the easiest thing to do. But the mature thing to do is to acknowledge your role in why the relationship is in the condition that it's in. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because if you leave one person and don't fix the reason the other relationship was damaged, you're going to carry that into the next relationship. And all you're going to do is be a person that travels through life, bond with people, and when something happens, the relationship breaks. And then you're going to get to the end of your life with a lot of broken relationships. Boy, this is a tough one today, huh? Hallelujah. Y'all going to travel with me today? All right. But if you do it like the Bible say, you can fix How many of you want to fix relationship? How many of you had good friends or, or good, you know, even in your marriage, sometimes you've got to fix those things. Even God put words in the Bible like reconciliation. And then he said, God was in Christ fixing relationships. God was in Christ fixing relationships. How many of you know that's what the church is called to do? The church is called to fix relationships. Blessed are the peacemakers or the relationship fixers. How many of you know when you start being a relationship fixer, you are a blessed person? All right. Let's look at how John taught this. First John, first chapter, verse 5 to 10. And this one's going to work on your conscience today, but that's okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Somebody say praise him anyhow. So right here we're going to talk about the breach between a man and God. This then is the message which you have heard of him and declaring to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we what? Let me read that again. If we say that we fellowship with him and we walk around damaging relationships, we lying and the truth is not in us. What causes relationships to break? Sin. Sin. The only thing that can cause a relationship or a bond to break is somebody sinned against God or against another person. And he says that if we say we fellowship with God and we live on this earth and all we do is break relationships, damage relationships. Somebody say you lying. You're not walking with God. Okay, it's okay. He say, but if we, are in, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleans us from all sin. What that scripture is saying, let me read that again. If we say we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. All that scripture is saying because the only way human beings can be in fellowship or harmony with one another is when they're walking in the light or if they're not sinning against one another. But when you start to sin against one another, that breaks the fellowship. It breaks the bond. Sin breaks the bond. Now here's the hard part. If we say That we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. What that scripture is saying, if we say that we are in a relationship, and we know the relationship is broken, we know the spirit of that relationship is not what it used to be, and we say, I didn't do nothing wrong. I'm not the reason we don't talk anymore. I'm not the reason we don't fellowship. I'm not the reason we don't talk. I'm not the reason. No. What that scripture is saying is because you have to be man enough, woman enough, mature enough to say, hey, I am the reason this relationship is broken. And if you can't admit your part in the damage of the relationship and you say you continually walking with God, somebody say you lie. lie. (laughs) Y'all hear what the apostle is saying? Don't say you walking with God and you have damaged relationships all in your life that are not being repaired. I'm going to let y'all get y'all hand clap out on that one. The apostle wanted the church to know, hey, you are not walking with God if your life is filled with not only broken relationships, but you are the cause of them being broken and you won't acknowledge that you had a part to play in the relationship being broken. Stop saying you're walking with God because God is life and in him is no ability to break a relationship. God is never going to be the one that caused the relationship to break. If y'all, when you walking with God, all, right. That's just the word. all God is saying, if you want to be in right standing with me, just admit that you are the reason we're not in good standards. Come on. All right. All right. Somebody say fess up. That's all God wants you to do. God don't want you to hide. God don't want you to cover it up. God don't want you to act like... The main thing he don't want you to do is act like you didn't do it. But that's the worst thing you can do is act like you didn't do it. But if you did it, just acknowledge it. Oh, but God is so good. Oh, but God is so good. Look what he said right here. Man, I'm telling you, this is good. It says, if we confess our reasons for the relationships being broken, to say he is faithful and just to forgive our trespasses and clean us from all unrighteousness. Look what the Lord said. He said. If you are mature enough to admit that the condition you are in is because of your doings, then I am faithful. Meaning, every time you admit it, I'm faithful. I'm going to forgive you. And he said, Then I'm going to go a step further. If you are mature enough to admit it, not only am I going to forgive you of it, but I'm going to come behind you and clean it out of you too. See, you hold yourself back from getting clean when you cover up instead of confess. Somebody say, "God want to clean you up." He say, "Now here's the look at verse ten. Ooh. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar." And his word is not in us. Think about what that scripture just said. If God says or God defined that the action you did was a sin or a violation of his word, and you say that's not a sin, then what that saying is you are making God a liar because God said that's not righteous behavior. And you said, but that is righteous behavior. And God said, but no, that's not righteous behavior. But you are saying, I didn't do nothing wrong. And God said, but yes, you did do something wrong. The apostle say, you are making God, what you are doing is you are trying to say that you know more than God. And then he found that up and said this No way the word of God is in you if you are saying what you did. Didn't violate his word. That's deep, huh? If you saying that's not a sin and God saying it is a sin, the realization that you have to come to is: I don't have the word in me. I'm not what I think I am. Because if you arguing with the word and it's clearly defined it, that your behavior is a violation of God and you're saying, that's not wrong. The word is not in you. It's hard for people that have been in God a while to admit that the word is not in them. But that's where your freedom can come from. See, you can get free when you start acknowledging and confessing that what you did violated the word of God. Somebody say all God wants you to do is acknowledge what you did. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful right there. So how many of you want to make God a liar? That's what that's right. Let's go over here to Psalms 103. Beautiful passage. Beautiful passage. Psalms 103 praise God I told you I would be a little rough today but that's okay how many of you love the word anyway give the Lord a hand clap then praise God look at Psalms 103 verse 8 to 12 alright the Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. When you really forgive, y'all get this. You're not going to keep thinking about it. And you're not going to keep talking about it. Look what God said. As far as the east is, from the west. If I can get you to acknowledge that what you did violated my word, as soon as you confess it, acknowledge it, and I clean you from it, we ain't talking about it no more. God says it's not even on my mind. God says, I'm not holding that on you Sunday after Sunday, week after week like people do. That's why you got to know God is not a man. God is not a man. And if you acknowledge what you did and confess what you did and turn from what you did, God is faithful. He say, every time you follow those steps, my mercy go from generation to generation. There's no respect to person. The same way I forgave him in the Old Testament. I forgave him in the New Testament. I'm going to forgive him all the way until my son come back. Because now is the day of salvation. The acceptable year of the Lord. Whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All the way until he come back. From generation to generation. When God, see people can hold stuff against you for two years, three years. I mean really your whole life. And they'll see you from the lens of what you did when you were 12. Or 25. Now you can walk in that perception. You can walk in the court of public opinion. Or you can walk in what the heaven is saying about you. If heaven is saying, who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? What he's saying is Christ is the one that died. What he's saying is the only one that has the right to charge you is Christ. And if he is not charging you, and if he is forgiving you, then you got to walk in confidence like it never happened. Because nobody has the right to try your case once Christ has tried it and declared you're not guilty. Because he is the advocate. And if you want to walk around holding on to the guilt and the shame of something God has forgiven you of, that's your fault. I wouldn't even give it an ounce of my energy. If you know you confessed it and forsaken it, Hey, that's your problem. If you got a problem with me walking in my liberty, I can't do nothing about that. But I'm not to be in jail and bound up because you think I'm still what I was when God forgave me three years ago. No, I'm not walking in that and neither am I not walking in it. God cleaned that out of me. That's not who I am no more. He told Peter, what I have cleaned see It goes to show you that Peter was a godly man. And Peter was walking with Jesus for three years. And he saw Peter, he saw Jesus' compassion, he saw it. But sometimes even godly people can struggle to let you go. That's why God is not a man. Even Ezekiel struggled with accepting that those bones can live. He was a great man of God. He was a powerful man of God. And God said, Ezekiel, do you think they can live? I don't know. It's it's looking. Now, I'm going to obey what you tell me to do in relation to them bones, but they look kind of bad. them bones look a little, there's some dry stuff over there. They've been in that valley a long time and God said, You think I can make a live? He was honest. He said, I don't know. A lot of you even let people in positions hold you, hold things over your head. It's not even sometimes the people in position may be holding things over you. When God doesn't frees you, who you going to listen to? Are you going to obey God or are you going to obey men? you going to let a title hold you in bondage or are you going to let what Christ said about you be the way you live your life? The prophet said, I don't know. human beings have a level of of reach that can only go so far and a level of understanding that can only go so far. Ezekiel say, I have no idea what's going to happen to them dry bones. God say, just speak to the wind. I got it from here. (laughs) See, a leader got to be humble enough to know, hey, you got to let God have the final say on if somebody can live he said just speak to the wind you could have argued and argued and said God do you know how long them bones been like that God say these bones are the slain of the house of Israel. There's kings in that valley. There's prophets in that valley. There's priests in that valley. There's handmaidens in that valley. There's people in that valley that I can use. And even though you don't think they can live, I can make them live. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how low you went. It's not about what nobody say about you. It's about what God say about you. Live, said God. Live, said God. Live, said God. You can live. The same that's forgiven them much, they're going to love much. See, Christians thought to get out of that when they don't have a lot of sins, they think. They use that to look down on people that they think have a lot of sins or worse sins. But you got to know what your Bible say. Whosoever will, let him come. Y'all listen. You can't be defined by human opinion. You got to grow past that. You don't know where your journey in the body of Christ going to take you. The Bible said Peter was on the roof and God let the sheep down with all kind of creatures, everything you could imagine. Snakes, roaches, dogs, caterpillars, slimy centipedes, wolves, bears creeping things that could only live in the darkness of the world. Huh? The things that you never laid out. Just, and Peter looked at that and he heard a voice say, Arise! Oh. <laughs> to kill! Yeah. Eat! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter said, That's a rabbit on that? I don't eat rabbit. The law said, we don't eat that. See, he was trying to break religious mindsets. He was trying to tell them the kingdom is trying to expand into the world. Can you're going to meet all kind of people out there. You don't know what you're going to mean. I saw one guy the other day. What's his name? The little one he started telling on everybody. What was that little rapper name? Six nine. nine. (laughs) I saw his hair was all kind of colors. (laughs) He had a tattoo right here, right here, and he was and I was like, What is that? I'm serious. I was like, because I'm not in the world. So I don't understand all of the ways people express themselves. To him, that's just, that's how he feel like he expressed his character. You don't know why people do the things they do. Most times when people get tattoos, they mean something to them. Cause that's expressions. And so he felt like he there are some things that was dear to him, and he put it in unconventional places. And I was like, but what if God saved him? And what if he come in here and sit right there looking different from all of you? He may not look like you. He may not praise God like you. He may not shout like you. He may not say hallelujah like you. But if God bring him in the kingdom and if God clean him, what God clean, nobody can call him uncommon. Nobody. God want to save him too. Peter said, I'm not eating that. Let me show you how God dealt with him. The sheet went up. Came down again. Because God looked inside him and He said, He still don't get it. The mighty man of God, Peter, still didn't get it. He brought that sheet down again. Then he told him another time, Rise. Kill. Eat. He saw them shellfish. He saw things. All that crawfish huh? <laughs> that was things in the law that you weren't supposed to eat and so God used the things they wasn't supposed to eat as symbolism to show him what he was getting ready to do to and the sheep went back up and Peter said it again I don't eat that She came back down again. God said, he still don't get it. (laughs) See, sometimes God got to deal with you over and over and over. (laughs) Over and over and over. (laughs) How many of the Lord ever dealt with you over and over and over? And again and again and again. And over and over and over. Trying to get you to see what he's doing. And when the sheet went back up, he came out of that vision. And by the time he came out of that vision, the man was knocking on the door. And they say, Peter, some people looking for you. He still didn't get it. He didn't get it. He got in Cornelius house. One of them beasts that was on that sheet. Come on. Come on. You yes. He walked into the house where one of them beasts that was on that sheet was. Then he said, why y'all call me? He still didn't get it. And he started preaching the word. And when he preached the word, the Holy Ghost fell. And when the Holy Ghost fell, he said, you got the Holy Ghost? You mean God gave it to you? I've seen God give the Holy Ghost to some people in some situations that i thought thought, if it was up to me, I'd have been like, no, you need to fix this first, that first, get this right, get that. That's why it's not my spirit. That's why it's not my Holy Ghost. It's not up to me to determine who get the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost fall on somebody, who am I to withstand God? So they started questioning Peter. Hey, what you doing over there at Cornelius house? You, you're not supposed to be around that. What, what you doing? Peter said, all I know. All, see, just beyond All I know. I was, I was on, the, on the roof praying, went in the train, saw this sheep come three times. He told me to kill and eat. Then I got to Cornelius house. I start preaching the word. The Holy Ghost fell. Next thing you know, it was the same spirit that happened in Pentecost. In his first sermon, 3,000 people got saved. In Cornelius, not as many got saved, but it was the same spirit. 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 And whenever he told, he started testifying, he said, the same spirit that fell on us fell on them. And he was so uh, humble enough to say Who am I to withstand God? Humans got to be humble enough to let God do what he want to do. We're not the ones that can determine what God can and can't do. If God decides to do a thing, you got to let him do what he do. If God forgives somebody, let him forgive. Whosoever will, the Bible say. That's a broad statement right there whosoever will let him come because when God release him he not talking about it you talking about it God ain't talking about it God ain't even talking about it far as the east is from the west amen that's what the word say it say he forgive iniquities from generation to generation. Amen. And it's, listen, when God forgive you and God wash you, man, that's a be- you need to celebrate that. Because that violation is a death sentence. Like, I don't care, you may, not, you may take light of it, but when you violate the word of God, that's death. And being, having your sin pardoned, That's releasing you from debt. That's something to be happy about. You need to leave church and say, man, y'all, guess what? My sins were forgiven today. I was a dead man. When I went in, I was a dead man, but I confessed what I did, and heaven released me. The sentence of death is not on me no more. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go over here to Psalms 51 because I want you to catch this part. Verse 14. And we all know this is a very popular Psalm. David began to ask the Lord to clean his heart and wash him of all of these things. But one thing he said in verse 14 that really leaped out of this. And this is what you have to learn how to do. It's very, very, very important. Okay. Okay. It says, deliver me from blood guiltiness, <laughs> O God, thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. What that is saying is, if you have, if you serve in God, and you violate God, then you confess to God that you violated him, and he forgives you. He's faithful and just, and he forgives you. There's something that's going to follow that. There's a guilt you're going to feel. And because of that guilt, it'll make you not want to give your service to God. Anybody ever been there? I think everybody should raise their hand on that. (laughs) But look what David prayed. He said, God, I've admitted what I did. I confessed it. You cleaned me, but I still feel bad about it. I still don't have the confidence to move forward. But he had to get delivered from the guilt. Some of you need deliverance. You know when you need deliverance from a sin. But do you know when you realize, can you discern when you need to get delivered from just feeling guilty about what you did? God, the only way you can go forward in the, you can't go forward in the Lord with guilt weighing you down. Guilt robs your confidence. When you give, Now you're walking around forgiving with no confidence. Anybody ever been there? And you're waiting on a feeling. You're waiting to feel a release. You don't feel a release. It's about what God has said. See, the, 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 the devil uses the feelings that you have to trick you to keep you in bondage. David understood that and he said, God, the guilt that I feel removed this because I can't move forward as long as I feel like I feel. You know how many people came to church, got forgiven and backslid because they couldn't get over how bad they felt. And the good thing about it, you should feel bad when you violate God. But once heaven, see, it's not truly, it's not real sorrow. You can't violate God and it don't affect you. It don't bother you. But once you go through the proper steps and God releases you of that, then you got to get back to moving forward. Lord, have mercy. Praise God. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap. All right. So that first part was talking about it. Humans repairing their walk with God. What's the first thing you got to do? You've got to acknowledge it. And then he said, if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. And you, if you say you're walking with God and, and your relationships are bad, he said the word of God is not in you. Amen. All right. So now let's look at the human, how to repair human relationships. Matthew 18 verse 15 Now, this is very good. It's painful because I've had to do this sometimes. I mean, everybody going to have to. Amen. Everybody will. Now, this is the mature way on how to handle relationship. Mature. Verse 15. He says. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee. Go and tell him his what? What that word fault mean? There's a break in the relationship between him and you by yourself. Now, I'm stopping right there. I'm stopping right there. Because relationships along this way, they're going to be broken sometimes. And this is what humans don't like to do. They don't like to go to the person and tell them, you trespassed against me. What you did offended me. What you did hurt me. What you did made me feel a certain way. It's easier just to cut somebody off, walk around the other side of the church, walk around the other side of the workplace, make a post about it, Y'all know how we like to do. So-and-so hurt you, and then we throw a shady post. Some people, you just got to know when to cut them off. (laughs) Some people, just only in your life for a season. (laughs) Some people, they they was there with you till you was 25, but when you hit 26, they just got to go. And the other person, like, nah, I know they talking about me. See, that social media causing a lot of problems in our society. Because it's easy to just get on Facebook and social media and throw some shade. Y'all know how we do. Some people. Y'all y'all ever read a shady post? What was one y'all read that y'all just was like, now don't tell about your own. Just. <laughs> but you ever knew somebody was in a relationship or a friendship and you know what happened and then you see him make a post about it and never told that other person about it hey. do you know what you ought to do now you saying you're a Christian did you go back and did, did y'all talk about that because you are your brother's keeper you may not want to be but you are We are our brother's keeper. Have you ever seen them shady posts? I ain't going to ask you if you ever put one. I don't want to do that. Well, let's, well, since we've been honest, anybody ever put a shady post? can we? Oh, everybody else? clean. Nope. That's it? Uh-uh, I'm going to wait a minute because some of us got a little pride. Any, you ever put a post that was just full of shade up there? You can raise your hand. We, we, see, this, this is a place where you get help. see that's how you get free right there Jesus didn't say if your brother trespass against you throw some shade shade." (laughs) that's why relationships and friendships don't get mended (laughs) somebody say all your business don't belong on Facebook. Well, I'm helping somebody today. Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. Want everybody to know. And then y'all fix it and people still looking at the other person crazy. And it's in archive. It's edge forever. Unless you go back and, you know, but some people so messy, they screenshot and they text. You saw that? Boy, that holy go- Ooh, hold on. I'm going to say that again. Y'all. well, I touched the nerve right there. I felt-, I felt a little. Ooh. I felt a little. Ow. I felt a little. Look what they put. And this is in Christian circles. And the message John would tell the church, if you say you have fellowship with God and you throwing shade on Facebook. And you fan shade on Facebook, you lie and you're not walking in the truth. That's what John would say if he was alive today. John would say, stop saying you have fellowship with God. And you throwing shade. Jesus will say, stop saying you are my disciple and you enjoying shade. God, terms change. Y'all, it's all in the same spirit. Hallelujah. Y'all still love me. Praise God. a little tough. God told me this was going to be a little tough. I'm going to get some shade. He said, I'm going to get some shade today. We're blessed. The Bible say, blessed are you with men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner, of all, just make up all manner, all kind of, just things don't have no basis, no merit, just all manner of evil against you falsely. All, somebody say all manner, just all kind of things against you falsely. He say rejoice and be exceedingly glad because so did their fathers. The prophets, all he's saying is there's nothing new under the sun. Somebody say, no shade. Go to your brother. Oh, yeah, I might get in. That's okay. Bless him. But look what he say. This is good. This is good. Look what he say. Verse Okay, let's go over here to. Well, I tell you. Let's see. I'm going over here to. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Matthew 5 as we get there. Now, this one going to be even even tighter. Well, I like it. They say that's all right. (laughs) Matthew 5 and 9. Now, y'all follow me. Blessed are the what? For they shall be called what? You know what it takes to make peace? That's why he said make. Because that word make is a lot of tension when you're making something. <laughs> it's a lot of stress in there. There's a lot of conversations that need to be had. And this is what God showed me, what peace is not. The peace is not under the rug. Piece is this. When you dig into all the reasons why you and your friend or you and your spouse on the verge of a divorce and you walk up to them and say we're getting ready to have a divorce because of this right here. There shouldn't be nothing ambiguous. You shouldn't divorce somebody and they don't know why they just get served some papers and they're guessing well why you, No. No. (laughs) No, just a paper popper. No, you owe me more than that. We took some vows. I want to know why. I want to know the time. I want to know the day. I want to know. I want you to lay it out because I might be able to fix it. But how can I fix it if you're not telling me the exact specific violation? Making peace is going line by line, violation by violation, discussing it, and fixing it. That's that's right. That's right. That's on, God. Told y'all that's tough to swallow right there. Somebody say line by line. Piece by piece. Date by date. Because what happens when a relationship is broken, the trust is gone. And how can you rebuild it without acknowledgement? Acknowledgement is the first step to rebuilding trust, because without trust, there is no friendship. See, it's easy to quote a scripture. But Jesus said, "Making peace, like we got to sit down and we got to talk about some things. Like we got to discuss what happened. Why? Because why? We don't want to deal with this in five years. So if we can fix it right now. We can move on. Oh my God! Why y'all getting quiet on me?" <laughs> Somebody say fix them relationships, <laughs> and the first step is acknowledgement. That's a hard one, because let me tell you something. If you're trying to fix a relationship, and you're trying to really, really get into it, and you might have to, you might have to say my phone code is eighteen twenty two ninety eight. See, some people don't want to don't see they don't want to really fix it. They just want it to go away. No, if you really want the Bible say Adam and Eve was what? And how they wouldn't made them one? They was naked. That word just means they were transparent. See, without transparency, there's no trust. Without transparency, there's no bond. Amen. So if you, you got to sometimes say, you know what? Look, I already told you what I did. If you don't believe me, here you go. Now, it may be uncomfortable for a while, but if you love that person, you're going to stay with them and give them time to get over it. Like that's a deep wound. And you got to have enough love in you to say, you know what, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a be patient with you. I'm going to be kind to you. And number one, I'm not going to bring this. Because if I say I forgave you, I can't bring that back up. And it's not really forgiveness. If, if you see something remotely close to what you used to. See, then that means the spirit of it is not where it was before the violation. But when the, when the relationship is restored to the spirit it was in before the violation, then every little thing not going to trigger you and say, oh, you're doing it again. Right. See, if you're still getting triggered, then you're you, you not healed yet. Oh, my God. I hope I'm helping somebody. Am I helping somebody? That's why we got to be patient with each other. And we got to let each other process things the way they process it. Amen? Oh, my God. I hope I'm helping the church. Now, I don't want you to panic because God wanted me to leave something with you in this, too. Every relationship is not fixable. But he wanted me to say that last... Because when you don't have real love, you want to go to this option first. See, but when you got real love, your first option is not cut it off and throw it away. See, real love going to try to go as long as they can. Bearing all things, hoping all things, hoping, praying, believing, hoping one day, one day, one day. That's real love. But then they have something called irreconcilable differences. I don't want to amen on that because that's not a that's not that's not where you want a relationship to be. (laughs) Amen. You don't want that to be what happens to any relationship. But God to share with me that it can happen. Okay, look at first second Corinthians 13 and 5 2nd Corinthians 13 and 5 this is not your first option but it happens and this happens in when somebody is in a relationship with God this is, this, there's a point where God considers the relationship beyond repair and it moves and it goes to this verse right here they said examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. They say prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. That word reprobate all that simply mean is you no longer can discern when your behavior is not pleasing to God. And when you reach the point of reprobation, then God is looking at you as a person that I can't reach. No matter what I say, no matter what I do, that person's conscience is beyond turning from that. That's the last option. That's not what God wants any man to be. One scripture described it like this, having a conscience that's seared. Meaning, when you can continually sin and it don't bother you, you're not even convicted of it. You're not even concerned that what you, you don't even have a, a, you feel nothing. You, You don't feel bad at all. Paul said, examine. Paul said, hey. If, if, if you hear the word of God and it's not moving you to repentance, then you may have reached a point where you re- beyond repentance. That's a, it's a reality, but that's not what God wants anybody. When you burn a fabric, it's ruined. It's ruined. And when that fabric, you can't go back and undo the damage on the on the. You need a new pair of pants. Amen. And so you got to be able to discern. OK, when I hear the word of God and I did something to violate the word and I don't have a conviction of it anymore. You can't judge. I still want to go to church. Because going to church can just become something that your flesh is trained to do. You can train your flesh. That just becomes part of your routine like you go to your job. But if the word is not convicting you and dealing with you, then you have to wonder, has my conscience reached the point of no repentance? That's a real condition. And I don't know about you, when he said, exactly, see, not long ago, y'all know how it is, you can be watching something on TV. And when you're walking with God, and if you're watching something on TV, and it, you know it's inappropriate and it don't bother you, I got to wonder what kind of spirit is living on the inside of you, because immediately, as soon as I'm, I'm fidgeting. That means my senses are still alive to the to, to, the conviction of the Holy Ghost. But if you can partake in things that God is not pleased with and it don't bother you, then you gotta wonder, have I reached a point where my conscience is no longer sensitive to the Spirit of God? That's dangerous. Like they say, when it's like somebody on death row, dead man walking. Y'all never heard that when somebody on death row, they say dead man walking. When the Spirit of God can't deal with you anymore, and your heart is hard and you're not sensitive to it, you can go all about your normal day routine, your normal way of life, and God is the furthest thing from your mind. Nothing bothers you, nothing rattles you, nothing moves you then you've got to be careful and say, God, don't let me get to a point to where you deal with me and I don't repent. Because God will deal with you over and over. But then he say, my spirit not going to always strive. He said, I'm not going to always deal with you over and over. And when you walk in sin and you don't feel God dealing with you at all, you comfortable I don't, man, you don't want to get like that. And the church needs to hear that. We need to know that. We need to know that these conditions are dangerous and they can happen to us. Amen. Let's go over here to Matthew nineteen and we're getting ready to close. Amen. Praise God. Matthew nineteen as we get ready to close. Matthew nineteen, verse three. As we get ready to close up the service. Praise God. Matthew 19 says this. How many of you want to fix relationships? Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say if you don't talk about it. You're not going to fix it. Somebody say acknowledge your part. Praise God. All right. Let's look over here. Verse three, he said, the Pharisees came to him, saying, tempting him. Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? For every little thing. He said, anytime you feel like it, anytime you want to, anytime something don't go the way you want. He say because what the Pharisees were looking for they were see when you get into that type of mindset you are looking for a reason not to fix a relationship you are looking for a reason to, to break a relationship and they said for every cause what they was saying is for any and every whenever I feel like or whatever i look what Jesus told them have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and what? Bond with his wife. And they too shall be called one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain but one. What therefore God has joined or binded together, don't let a man break it up. And they said unto him, But why did Moses command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? And he gave him an answer. Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. (laughs) What he was saying is the thing that keeps relationships from staying together. is somebody got a hard heart and they proud and don't want to humble themselves. And Moses said, because of the hardness of the heart, it's better for me to let y'all get away than somebody get beat up or killed or hurt or damaged. He said, but from the beginning, that's not what God had in mind. Humans are designed to bond, not to break bonds. Amen. But then he went a little further. And look what he said. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and marry another, commit adultery. And whosoever married her which is put away does commit adultery. What Jesus was telling you, there come moments in relationships when adultery comes in, that's an answer for somebody. Whenever that comes in, that's a breaking of a level that should not be broken. And when that is broken, Here's what happens in that case. The two people involved, they have to sit down and decide from that point. When God is saying, now you got the right to decide your next steps. And if you decide that you want this to be over, that is a just cause. But if you decide you want it to continue and the other person has acknowledged what they've done and you say, okay, I'm going to forgive you. You can't bring that up ever again. If you forgive like God forgive, then you can't bring it up ever again. So if you need some time to say, you know what, let me just think about what I want to do. Don't be pressured in it. Don't be forced because now you have a legal right by God to let that be broken. Then now you decide, y'all decide, that's, that's not your mom decision. That's not your dad's decision. That's not your friend's decision. That's not my decision. That's not your spiritual leader's decision. That's the decision of the people involved to decide from that point what they want to do with their life. And if you decide to disannul it, that's your decision. But if you decide to stay together, we can't mention that no more. Is that what Jesus just said? Praise God. So y'all give the Lord a hand clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. God wants relationships to be fixed. Amen. Y'all stand up as I go and I read this last part right here. Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians five. Verse 18 to 19 Praise the Lord. All right, look what he says. And all things are of God, (laughs) who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. not imputing their trespasses unto them, and he has committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation, our word of reconciliation. Now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ. What that's saying is now we are Christ's representatives in the earth to fix relationships, to help people fix problems. God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. And then now God has left us in the world. And Christ is in us. Helping us fix relationships. Amen. Amen. So y'all give the Lord a hand clap today. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Thank you God. Hallelujah Father. We thank you for the word. Amen. I want to invite you to the altar today. Amen. As we get ready to close our service. Hallelujah. Then I want you to understand something, amen, that as you come before God, amen, any relationship, whether it's your relationship with God or it's your relationship with somebody, amen, God wants us to be reconciled to him and he wants us to be reconciled with one another, amen, amen. So we want to pray with you today, amen, as you make your way up, hallelujah, Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Amen. This is what God has called us to do, to fix relationships. Hallelujah. As you come today, as you come today, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, Hallelujah, thank you, Lord, Hallelujah, thank you, God, 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 thank you, Lord, 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 thank you, God, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, Lord, thank you, Lord, Hallelujah. Thank you, God. God, we come before you. Hallelujah. We humble ourselves right now, God. God, and we acknowledge, oh God, the things that we have done, oh God, that have caused relationship with you to be broken. God, and we acknowledge, oh God, that sometimes we violate your word. God, sometimes we do things that don't please you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. God, but today we humble ourselves and we acknowledge it right now, God. (laughs) God, and we repent of it, oh God. We ask that you forgive us, oh God. God, we ask that you have mercy upon us today, God. God, we ask that you wash us today, God. God, we ask that you clean us today, God. God, we ask, God, even as your words say, God. God, that we confess our sin, God. God, that you will be faithful and just to forgive us. Hallelujah, that you will be faithful and just to forgive us of our sin, God. (laughs) Oh, God, come on, saints, let us call upon him. Hallelujah, let us call upon Jesus. We call upon you right now, God. We call upon you right now, God. We call upon you right now, God. We need you right now, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need you right now, God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for sort Thank you God, thank you God, thank you God, thank you God. Thank you God, thank you God, you need your we need you Lord. We need you Lord, we need you Lord, we need you Lord. We need you God, we need you God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God. God, right now, God, I ask that you move forward right now, God. God, that you would have mercy upon us, God, as she humble herself before you, God. God, I ask that you put your hand up on her, my Lord God, and let her know, God, God, that it is you, God, that has called her, God. It is you, God. Move for her right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Oh, God, have your way, God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, call upon Jesus. Come on, call upon Jesus. Come on, call. let him do it, let him do it. Come on, let him do it, let him do it. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, mighty God. Oh, mighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Come on, reach out to him, reach out to him, reach out to him, reach out to him. Yes, God, have your way, God. Come on, that's it, come on, that's it. Yes, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord. Yes, God!